You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. friends. Welcome to episode 97 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today we are going to be talking about reasons to join your local CSA, even if you grow some of your own food. If you've never heard of a CSA or you don't know what it is, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. And even if you grow your own food, It's a really good thing to be part of your local CSA for a lot of reasons. We're going to be diving into the reasons why it's good for you, why it's good for, you know, the suppliers in your local CSA, the farmers that, you know, work to provide those CSAs with lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, and even more, all the different things you can get out of it, because you can get a lot more than just fruits and vegetables from your local CSA. That's one of the reasons why you should join. So we're going to be talking about all of that today, but first, a word from our sponsor. So like I said in the introduction, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Sounds like a really good thing, right? It is. It's one of the best ways to get farm fresh, locally raised fruits and vegetables, whether you, you know, you grow your own food or not. And it's also a great way to support your local farmers. So we're going to get into a little bit about why it's good to support your local farmers. But first, let's talk about how a CSA works. So farmers decide whether or not they want to be part of a CSA. And if they do, they designate a certain number of quote-unquote shares of their crops to the public. So instead of, you know, selling to grocery stores, instead of selling to a commercial food supplier, you know, they designate this certain number of shares to people like you, people who buy memberships or subscriptions to their local CSA. You know, multiple farmers can be a part of a single CSA. A lot of times you'll just see one farmer that supplies to a CSA. Maybe they're a really big farm, but a lot of CSAs do have multiple farmers that contribute to the one single CSA. So you can be getting stuff from a lot of different places. Most CSAs deliver those shares to the public, to people, on a weekly basis. And each share has a mixture of whatever the farmers harvested that week. So in spring, a typical share box or bag from a farmer might have asparagus, spinach, and peas in it because that's what's in season. In summer, a share might have tomatoes, corn, and zucchini in it because those things are harvested in summer. So it's a really great way to eat a more seasonal, local diet if that's what you're going for. Uh, It's great for you. It's great for the environment. means a whole lot less of, you know, petroleum energy resources are going into getting that food to you, especially if it's coming from local farmers. 
Now, why should you join your local CSA if you already grow your own vegetables? And that's a really, really good question. The answer is because you can often get a lot more than just fruits and vegetables from your local CSA. So for instance, Mr. B and I have gone through the process of transitioning from grocery store meat and eggs to farm-raised pastured meat and eggs. These things can be kind of a challenge to find in your local grocery store, but a lot of CSAs offer them direct to customers. All local CSA farms are different, but the one that we signed up for through my employer offers grass-fed and finished beef, which is not the same as simply grass-fed beef. I mean, a lot of places will say that they're beef, their cattle are grass-fed. But yeah, they're grass-fed for the first three months of their life, and then they're shipped to a a CAFO where they're fed a whole bunch of grain. They're finished on grain to fatten them up and makes their meat fattier. And a lot of people like that. But when beef is grass-finished, it has a lot of different nutrients, a lot of healthy fats that a lot of times you don't see in grain-finished beef. So I would leave that up to you to do the research. Not everybody feels like that's that important, but after, you know, doing the research and just kind of seeing a lot of things about the lives of grass-finished cattle versus grain-finished cattle, I don't know. If I were a cow, I would want to be grass-finished. just seems like a nicer life. They also, my CSA also offers antibiotic-free pasture-raised chicken, hormone-free pastured pork, and vegetarian-fed free-range eggs. So I can get all of those things from my CSA, like not just fruits and vegetables. There's, I mean, there's even more. Depending on the farm, you can get things like dairy products, locally harvested honey, bone broth. My CSA actually offers bone broth. We don't personally buy it because I, I make my own if I need it from the bones of, you know, the, the meat that we get, but but they do sell that. There's lots of CSAs that offer homemade preserves that make dog treats. How cute is that? So like dried pig ears, bones, things like that, soup and stew bones. And then there's even some CSAs, some farmers that offer breads from locally milled grains and other baked goods. So I definitely, even if you grow your own fruits and vegetables, it is worth looking into your local CSA because a lot of places offer all of this stuff. And if there's ever a doubt about the conditions the animals are raised in, so earlier when I was talking about the difference between grass-finished beef and grain-finished beef or pasture-raised chickens, you know, free-range and pasture-ranged aren't the same thing. There's actually a huge difference if you dig into it, if you do some research. So the nice thing about CSA farmers is a lot of them take a lot of pride in the conditions that their animals are raised in and they welcome those questions some of them even welcome customer visits they they welcome you to come out to the farm and see what conditions are like so i would definitely encourage you if you do join a csa if you're curious about those things to visit their website read their about page and then if you still have questions send them an email a lot of times they'll be really happy to answer you okay so You can get a lot of good stuff from them. 
why else should you join your local CSA? One of my favorite reasons for supporting my local CSA is because it helps support local farmers. So if you don't know a lot about the farming community, about today's economy, about the commercial food industry, most farmers have to grow big commodity crops like wheat or corn or soybeans to make enough money to keep their farms. And a lot of the reasons why they're able to make ends meet is because those crops are heavily subsidized by the government. So even if there's not enough demand for what they grew, or if the market isn't buying at a price that helps them at least break even, the government makes up the difference by sending them subsidy checks or buying the sort of extra that they have and kind of keeping it in storage. That's not to say that subsidized farms have it easy. They don't. Many farmers and their spouses still have to take full-time jobs in addition to being farmers to make it work. And you guys, that's really hard. I mean, that's like getting up at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, doing all your farm chores, and then heading off to work to be to you know the office at 8 o'clock, getting off at 5, and then going home and probably doing another three or four more hours of farm work. So basically like having two full-time jobs. And if that doesn't sound exhausting, I don't know what does. So the farmers who grow a wide variety of fruits and vegetables and, and provide meat products, not just commodity crops, are actually taking kind of a huge risk because they don't have sort of that quote-unquote safety net of a check from the government if people don't buy all their shares. But they still do it because they know it's important for people to have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. They Maybe they really believe in organic gardening and they, they don't want to support the commercial food industry. They want to support people locally and put things directly into the hands of their customers. So it's really great to support those people who are taking that huge risk, just kind of an act of appreciation to show them that, you know, what they're doing matters and it's it's worthwhile. So those are why you should join your local CSA. So how do you find a local CSA? Luckily, here in the U.S., the USDA makes it really easy. In the sister post for this episode, which you can find the link to in the show notes, I have a link to their CSA directories. So the USDA has a CSA directory that you can click on, what state you live in, and it'll kind of show you the CSAs near you. Or you can just Google your state and CSAs. Whatever turns up, though, do your research, as in all things. Like earlier, I was talking about doing your research between the difference between grass-fed and grain-fed beef and whether that would matter to you. The difference between free-range and pasture-raised chickens and whether you feel like that matters to you. In that same vein, not all CSA farms are created equal. If you're looking for a local CSA that's pesticide and herbicide-free, Like I said, visit their website, check out their about page, or email them directly and ask. They're there, you know, to sell you their products, so it's okay to make inquiries like that. And like I said, a lot of CSA farmers will be proud of the fact that they're pesticide and herbicide-free, or they'll be proud that they're organic. They'll be proud that they pasture-raise their chickens and they, they feed their chickens vegetarian feed, all those sorts of things. So it's okay to, to ask questions like that. As far as deliveries go, 
You know, a lot of CSAs can help you arrange on on the farm pickup. That just kind of cuts down on their fuel costs, and it makes it really easy for them to stay on the farm and be able to to manage things, but still be able to serve you. So. A lot of them will do pickups that way. You just go straight to their farm. A lot of CSA farmers will arrange for pickups at your local farmer's market where you have a lot of other really great farmers, produce stands, lots of other goods and services that are created locally that you can sort of browse while you're there, while you're there to pick up your CSA share. If you work for a relatively large employer, a lot of large employers, like the one that I work for, they have a CSA program. So like I said earlier, in our CSA is supported by one single farm. It's a pretty large farm because they also provide pasture-raised chicken and beef and pork to organic grocery stores like Sprouts and Whole Foods. So they're they're fairly large, but they are able to provide CSA shares through the company that I work for. So I sign up through them, I pay an annual fee of $25, and then I get to enroll in whatever kind of shares I want. Some CSAs, you know, they do shares of fruits and vegetables, and that's what you get when you sign up. And then the meats are extra. I would say like a lot of CSAs operate that way. So you kind of end up buying meat in addition to your fruit and vegetable share that you get every week, or you buy eggs in addition to your share that you get every week. But it all gets delivered at the same time. It's almost kind of like having your grocery shopping done for you, and you get to feel really good about the fact that, you know, that it's organic or especially that it is local and that you are helping people out in your community. You're helping to support your community. So those are all really, really great reasons why you should join, how they work, how to figure out how to sign up. As you can tell, I'm really passionate about it. I feel like I've been really gung-ho this whole episode. But yeah, if you're curious about it, please do Google it, look it up on USDA. And again, by talking about how I prefer grass-finished beef or pasture-raised chicken, if those of you who listen, you raise your own meat animals, I'm definitely not trying to talk smack. It's just those are the things that that I prefer um, for various reasons and the research that I have done. Everybody has their way of doing things, and I've just decided that that's the right way for us and in our household. Um, That's the kind of meat that, that we want to buy. So hopefully I'll take all that with a grain of salt. Hopefully no one gets their feelings hurt. Thank you so very much for listening. I I hope that you feel empowered and this episode has generated a little bit of interest in helping you join your local CSA. In the next episode, we are going to be talking about June gardening chores. So... April and May are really fun. I would say March, April, and May are really fun. You know, you get to plant out your seedlings. You get to sow things in situ, otherwise known as directly in the soil in the garden, and you get to watch them pop up. But around June, you know, when the weather really starts to warm up is when the weeds really get going. 
and the bugs really start to come out. And you start to have certain plants doing certain things that you need to kind of proactively manage to make sure that they're growing healthy and happy. So we're going to be covering all of that in the next episode, and it'll be airing on June 2nd, so right in time, plenty of time, you'll have the whole month to get these June garden chores done. Until then, thank you so very much for listening. I know this was a little bit of a shorter episode, but sometimes those are fun, right? You can kind of just listen, get your little daily dose of gardening or growing, or in this case, organic local farming inspiration, and then kind of get on with your day. So thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.